Cobras and Fire, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network. Today, LC and Baco go to the movies. It's a biopic battle. The Dirt versus Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like Cisco and Ebert, with less intelligence and more cursing. Goodbye. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, and I'm joined, as always, with the Buzzed Baco, or formerly Buzzed Baco. How are you, sir, today? I am sobering up, Luce Cannon. I am man, though. I have repaired a washing machine in my house. Uh, okay, this morning? Uh, yeah, earlier. Well, no, I did it a couple days ago. We were talking in Texas. I just wanted to share that with the listeners for some reason. But yeah, uh, I got pretty fucked up and uh, texted you a few times last night. I was uh, I was some friends watching some college basketball. Sure. March Badness and Madness together, combining. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The pun and the reality. Yeah, um, How'd you do? So here's my opportunity to apologize. I thought I was being oh. clever, but I uh, looking at them this morning. I'm pretty sure I was just a drunk idiot. I didn't see any difference between that, those texts and any other text you've ever sent. <laughs> so, I, you know, so at least you're consistent. All right, right on. I'm a, I, I'm a man of conviction. <laughs> Something like that. But yes, so glad to talk to you as always. And yeah, uh, what are we here to talk about today? Should we do some business first? Do you have some opening remarks for me? You Sometimes you put me a little... Um, I got nothing uh, to to hit you okay. with today, but uh, we should talk about a few things. Um, the Bias of Beer program. We've had a couple of last minute uh, kind of blasts yep. in there that uh, we're going to get to one today. Correct? Actually, this is one that's been kind of tagging what? along. We've had, we've had a hard time finding a beer in Colorado that uh, David Glenn approved. Yeah, of. you want me just to uh, start with that? Sure. Yeah, let's get into that, man. Because uh, David deserves the time. He does. He, he did. paid his money, mm-hmm. and uh, he. What, how many total picks did it take for him to get a beer that I, I could get, and then a beer you could get? I think it's about nineteen. We're gonna go with that. And the last one yeah. was Oma Gang O M M E Gang Brewery out of Cooperstown, New York, and the mm. beer is Gnome Gang Blonde Ale, which the actual graphic is a gnome flashing you. Um, nice. As you can see. And it is a blonde ale. Uh, and I've just opened it up. Surprisingly, this is 9.5% for a blonde ale. Oh, dear God. So I, I haven't tasted it yet. This this, this is like an alien butt mist uh, level. I mean, beyond that even. Holy crap. Let's go with your review first. Okay, and I'll fine. Do mine. It has a nice uh, earthy scent. And it's not an IPA, so I'm just surprised. I've 9.5 for a blonde ale is very odd. That's usually kind of light. So let me uh, just take a taste here. Oof. <laughs> it tastes. I think I had oof in my NCAA bracket. <laughs> it's definitely 9.5. This is a. <laughs> if you if you were to tell somebody on tap like oh the blonde ale I'll try that because that's just like a four percent really light like a Kolsch or a Pilsner this is a this is wow uh we'll see how we are after the first bit <laughs> because this is pretty thick but thank you it's not it's good it's just surprisingly uh heavy that's what I got thank you David do you want to do yours now yeah, um, his initial pick I couldn't find, so he gave me a list of three more, uh-huh. of which I only found one when I asked for help, and uh, it was in the gluten-free section, so uh, maybe I should, you can recommend this to your wife. Yeah, sure. Um, 
This is a Burning Brothers Brewing Company. The uh, beer is called Pyro. And, as a, of course, it seems like everything I end up with is a fucking American pale ale. So let me check this fucker out. <laughs> burning, are, you, are you ready? It's Burning Bros, by the way, not Burning Brothers. Bur- it, no, mine literally says brothers, so. Okay, bro. Uh, they, they, they spell the fucking shit out, asshole. There we go. Mar- let me just take a whiff here. Hold on. Mario Bros. Oh, I'm going to fucking hate this. Oh, uh, boy. Hold on. Uh, <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to, like, I, I got to go get a toothbrush here and just fucking, uh, I got to do something to, to, oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, uh, 20 Coors Lights ain't getting that flavor off my tongue. Uh, my God, uh. It's it's a very hearty, thick uh, kind of uh, German style uh, beer. It's, it's it's a fucking typical pale ale. Um, it's as good as everyone I've ever had. You, you know, we, there's a, the term. Uh, oh, it's consistent. They, you know the term uh, pants tightener when you get excited. Oh this God. is a this is a pants tightener in a different way. You just all of a yeah. sudden your, your shirt com, com, comes untucked when you're drinking it. Oh my god, if I finish this thing, my shirt's coming off and someone's getting a punch. I'm inviting somebody, you know. <laughs> someone's getting their teeth punched out at the end of this. What is my alcohol level here? I got I, I got a, a moderate 5.3, so I should be able to drink the whole thing. Right. But uh, this smells like a garbage can at a bar. Oh my god, at the end of the night, like uh, the, the when they just kind of slosh everything into the alley. That's what this fucker smells like. Yeah, well, this this gnome gang blonde ale tastes like I'm gonna wake wake up in an, in someone's uh, nativity set in the morning, <laughs> and it's and it's April anyway. Uh, yeah, thank you, David. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, anybody can can contribute uh, for five bucks. Where can they do that? Uh, Loose cannon. We still have the. It's still going. We do. Uh, so it, again, the bias a beer fundraiser is. It helps us with our hosting costs. You can donate $5 and pick a beer that both Baco and I will drink just like we just did. Give you a shout out. And you just go to GoFundMe.com slash absolutely drink. Or for your convenience, just go to the top of our Facebook page and click the store button. This is the first episode uh, coming out of March Badness. I would like to say we had a successful month there. I, I, um, I agree. We got, I mean, come on, St. Anger, Saints of Los Angeles. We've got... Oh, crazy God. nights! Crazy nights! It's, it's. I actually had a, a, a decent number of people um, ask for the uh, the rebacoed crazy nights. Oh, so I hope people are digging that. I haven't heard any feedback as of this recording, but I anticipate somebody's going to say something to me about like you ruined my favorite record. Excellent. I will, and I've also heard from at least uh, I don't know about a half a dozen people that they wanted to let me know that they too this was their gateway into Kiss. So wow. Anyway, we had a lot of fun with that. So uh, big numbers with that one. Uh, we did good with everything else too. But no March Badness. I think it's just it's it was a success, right? We'll do it again uh, next year. I think so. I think that was uh, that was a great pun you came up with, and we kind of rolled with it. So um, yeah, the, the the trick is finding those albums that are are bad but have plenty of stuff to talk about <laughs> along, <laughs> along with it. Just not like a shitty album is not the best yeah. thing to talk about. But anyway, so well, I, I like how Saint Anger the actual edit ended up being shorter than the album itself. <laughs> Uh, that was the only one that, that happened to. Yeah. I, I did like the comments saying, "Like, please don't actually play any music off this album. <laughs> I can handle, I can handle talking about it, but please don't play anything."
You know, Lewis, a while back we were talking about pooping at work. Do you recall sure. that conversation? All, all the time. Uh, yeah. One of my coworkers came up to me on uh, just the other day, and uh, he said, you ever, you know, go to the bathroom and you're sitting down and, and you're about, you're, you're pretty much in the middle of the business, mm-hmm. and then you wonder, did I lock the door? <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, I thought of that episode, which of course made me think of the witch witch thing. Witch 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 do you want? I understand you have a uh, uh, some sort of update on the whole loose cannon witch witch bathroom uh, incident. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Do you want me to recap what the witch witch thing is for a new listener? Just a, yeah, if you can do it briefly, uh, very briefly. I, we, Just, I don't want to sit here all day listening to you talk about shit. <laughs> Well, listen, if you can't talk about pooping with your friends, who can you talk to about it? <laughs> the point is, is I had an incident with which, which, you know what? Forget it. You want to go back and listen to it involves a toilet and a tragedy and me being banned, <laughs> banned from that bathroom, uh, a cut, a cut hand, unsanitary, and me running out of which, which out of embarrassment. Which, 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 which do you want? Okay, so go back, go back to the best of 2018 and Head listen down to in that. shame. And it is, it has lived on. On our, uh, I didn't think I just did that to fill time on one of our episodes, but it's lived on our private on our, our Facebook page over and over again. Gene Vogel seems to be the, the greatest fan of that scene of all time because there's <laughs> there's tons of pictures of how to shit in a public restroom and not, and there's a guy on the wall, with, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. A lot of people have fun with it, but you're right. He does seem to be the uh, the the leader of that pack, right? And part of it, part of the, the, the amusement is 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 that me, I can't stand. Any kind of public uh, sitting down on a toilet. I like to have the nice wipes. I need to be. I'm a very clean, sanitary man, and I'm yes, fearing you it. Are. So when things go sideways, you're you're a fancy boy. Yes, I, I go. I am very tragic. I mean, I I, I I always pack with an IPA and some wet wipes anywhere I go. Fancy. Average shitting time has skyrocketed <laughs> across the, the phone, world yeah. with a cell phone. People sit down. They just they just sit in their own brand. And, uh, and and play fucking uh, what video games do you think they were they playing? Got, they got their own stool festering beneath their buttocks <laughs> while they're fucking, you know, like level 20. Angrily, angrily commenting on some political post on no. Facebook. <laughs> they're, they're commenting on blabbermouth or playing Candy Crush while just defecating. Which, 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 which do you want? Operation Mind Crime was not Queen's Reich's best record. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the majority of blabbermouth comments are are if they were actually to be scanned for They're how written mu- on how the many, toilet. Yeah, well, yeah, but if they be scanned, you could see all the germs um, on the comments itself from from being in the bathroom. Oh my god! If toilet posting had a had a look, it would be the blabbermouth comment section. Yep, exactly. Blabbermouth comments are essentially the same thing as taking a knife and carving on the uh, the stall your thoughts. You know what I mean? It's just as eloquent, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> I always like the Sharpie in the stall, and I don't like carving. You know what I mean? Okay. The point is, is there's three restrooms. I've gone uh, through this before on the show, but I'll tell you again. There's three bathrooms in where I work, and all of them, at all times of the day when I walk in there, very rarely are they not filled with somebody just, just blowing it up. And it's just, it's and, some- and you just know that which witch across the street has an empty shitter, don't you? <laughs> You're like if I, and you look at it longingly like a like a like a girlfriend that dumped you. That's right. Like I just want to go <laughs> walk across the street. Love. That's right. So I go in there as usual to, to 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 do my business, and finally it's it's open. And this is right before we have this meeting once a week, where all the the <laughs> oh the, the pre meeting shit. That's that. That's a must have. Yeah. So so I was like, I'm gonna be in there for an hour. Had my coffee. Got to take care of this. I get in there. It's like cleaning the cannon before a date. Right. You gotta like yeah. you know. It's like you gotta jerk off before you go out on a date. You know. You gotta take a big shit before you go into a meeting. <laughs> Same thing, just two different holes. So for, so for any new listeners, you may have, you may have uh, already, already moved on to the next podcast. Or you're like, I got to listen to more. That's how you ride the edge and see, how's this going to go? I don't know how this is going to end. But anyway, so I get in there and um, I, I sit down. And New listeners are going, how have I not heard of this show already? <laughs> I start doing my thing, and all of a sudden, two things happen. One, the door, like a ghost door, all of a sudden goes, <laughs> <laughs> op- completely opens up, 
like that it came off the hook because this was notorious this, about you know, this, you know, is, this is the door to your stall that you're sitting in yeah oh it's god a, i hate that okay. that is like typically kind of a truck stop door, you know oh man i'm like oh god i'm like i gotta get that thing closed but so, so i hit the i hit the flush and all of a sudden the the, the tide is rising it's rising and rising and and this was this was a, a a good amount that I had deposited. And it's coming. It's going higher and higher. So I'm ble- I'm I'm going for the door, going for the door, for to close it. So I'm trying to close that. There's somebody coming in. That, that I hear the bathroom door opening. And so I'm tr- I'm closing the door that has been there. I look back and the and that and my my product is about to go on the floor. And I'm just like, does it have that like arcing bubble? Yes. The, you know, it's, like- it's like right at the top. And I'm like, and, and, and plus the fact, I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? So I'm like in, in pure like uh, uh, primal primal animal mode, you know, unwiped, closing a door, uh, stuff about to come off the top. The top of the toilet, and it just stops. It's gonna be all over your shoes in a minute. Yeah, so it just stops. You're the- gonna go into a meeting with with shit shoes. <laughs> I know. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> what's you guys smell that? You have to you have to be the the instigator in that case. So you walk in with smell like shit. Somebody must go, have, somebody you guys smell like that. God, somebody didn't the wipe their ass. What is that? Yeah. Somebody didn't wipe their ass in here. Jeez. Jesus. Anyway, so then now the other person that came in the bathroom has, has left. I've got the door uh, closed. You're coming to the meeting barefoot. I, I'm standing in the stall with my underwear around my ankles, staring at this toilet that's just festering with with my. my I can just see the fear in your eyes. Too. Oh God! You're but, like your your pants around your ankles. You, everything's just flopping in the wind. You got one <laughs> arm against the, the the stall of the door, looking back in fear as that that level of the toilet just inches towards the danger zone. No, it stopped. But now the trick oh, is how God, do you how do you God. how do you put the plunger in there without overflowing it to get You can't. That is completely correct, Baco. But I was able to do enough work to get it down and get to, get <laughs> get to the meeting. So uh, you went uh, you went elbow deep to clear that out, didn't you? Uh, yeah, but it came it, it started going out. So the point is I, I did that and the same thing as it, but the whole time I'm there, I'm like the ghost of Witch Witch. This is like the revenge of the ghost of Witch Witch. <laughs> It's like the movie. It's like the movie. It follows. We have a new movie idea. Shit follows. Start recording that you have just watched the dirt the day it premiered Friday March twenty second is that correct yeah I, 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 yeah it is correct I actually didn't think I was gonna 
uh, catch it because I was out with some friends uh, catching the, the the whole college basketball nonsense. And then uh, my I picked up my wife at around uh, nine thirty. We went out to Denny's, and then we came home and we actually stayed up and watched the dirt. So yeah, I I, I have seen the whole thing. Excellent. Uh, a little a little buzzed up, and I had some food on uh, my shirt that I didn't see till this morning. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, other than that, yeah, that I, I, I've, I've, I've witnessed the dirt. I think, I think if anybody is, I think the target audience of the dirt is somebody that has at least uh, some, some, some stains on their shirt and is buzzed up. Uh, I will say this: I intentionally made sure my my shirt wasn't tucked in. So yeah, I mean, but I think today you have a thesis uh, of that the the dirt is better than Bohemian Rhapsody. It absolutely is, and that that is not me endorsing the dirt as a great movie, because I think I, I, I've made my my stance pretty clear on this show, and I've actually been called out on it by Matt Ashcraft. I don't like how musicians are portrayed in rock biopics. Uh, that that's my big thing, and then of course when you have a clear timeline, and you just decide to fuck with that. It's so unnecessary, so stupid, and it's just like this like it's like this unnecessary it's it's like someone who takes over a project and just makes changes only because they're now in charge. And that's how this this garbage comes off. So I had very low expectations coming in and yeah, I'll, I'll flat out I'll make the argument. I understand you just saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Sure. Uh, uh both movies are terrible movies and The Dirt <laughs> is superior to Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Right. So so basically we're doing Sonic Boom versus Crazy Nights. <laughs> or no, Sonic Boom versus Saints of Los Angeles. That's a better one. I would say Sonic Boom versus Monster. That's what we're talking about here. You know, one of them's got to be a little better, right? Yeah, sure. We'll use that. Here we go. Okay. So However you want to put it. Yeah, this is turd versus turd. Sure. Yeah, so I went into it kind of knowing that the timeline was screwed up. It was a little, you know, kind of, I don't know. You know, it's PG thirteen to begin with. No rock biopic should be PG thirteen, in my my opinion. But yeah, whatever. But uh, you know, it was kind of glossed over. But it was fun. You know, uh, Rami Malek's uh, performance was good and things like that. So I went in there. I was like, okay, I have lowered expectations. You went in there that way too, I assume. Yes. Like just yeah, with every one of these, yes. Okay. So I went in there and I was like, all right, it was okay. But I thought there was some stuff that was pure comedy out of it. First off, I don't get with a big deal of deal is about Rami's uh, performance because, see, I've seen Mr. Robot, and essentially he was basically playing, and if you've seen Mr. Robot, he's basically playing Mr. Robot with big teeth. He's there's really, he's always <laughs> He's has, playing a homosexual version of Mr. Robot with big teeth. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's just, it, it, I guess the, the show is was pretty much like that Def Leppard movie to me. I mean, it was... you. We'll get to it, but you have basically hit on my Biggest argument over the dirt being better than than the the Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, movie. really? Wow. Carry on. Okay, carry on. So I'm watching it, and you know, and I and also I knew I would enjoy it for the simple fact is, however you want to say it, Queen they have a great catalog of work. Not, yeah. not I'm not a massive fan, but if you take their greatest hits versus other bands' yeah. greatest hits, they pretty much fucking bury it. And so that sounds. You know, go ahead. They're similar to Prince with me in the yeah. sense of like I just respect how diverse. And 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 good they were at what they did, and they they, they challenged themselves consistently, and and they're one of those iconic bands that that just kind of like almost break all barriers, just like you, and just like I am with Prince. Not really my cup of tea is right. a personal thing, right. but man, I have so much. I have respect for everybody in that band. Every one of the, the the members of that band wrote a song that was a number one single. Yeah, that's really cool, or at least a top ten single or something like that. Right, and and also what I thought was cool. Too is I never I've heard it, but like you featured at the end of a show, like that song "Can't Stop Me Now" off of the the album Jazz, which I never Jazz, um, which I never yeah. heard. That's a great song, and I didn't. I, don't know. I, I actually was told to buy the record Jazz, so I did on cassette back in high school because uh, the, this bicycle song is awesome. And then I heard <laughs> it, and I'm like, that song is fucking stupid. That is REM shiny happy people. You know what I mean? I, to me, I, right. and then the fat bottom girls, I. I've always loved that song. I love that. So song. I never fucking listened to it. I I heard that song at least in the sense that it stuck with me for the first time on Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's on like a greatest hits I own. Even it's right. just now I know what you're saying. But anyway, so it's, it's a great tune. 
So here's here's my issue with with this biopic and and, and hopefully uh, dirt yeah. doesn't do the same thing. Okay. Every biopic has a scene like this, and this is where I think you get a little irritated about is like Freddie Mercury is on the bed and he just happens to have a piano above him and he plays it upside down, laying in bed with his girlfriend. It happens to be one of the main parts of Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey, yeah. let's get together in a studio and all of a sudden start clomping our feet and clapping our hands. And uh, let's come up with We Will Rock You. And by the way, based on the timeline, it came out in 1981 or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, hey, guys, listen to this. Do you like to uh, pluck at the bass? <laughs> that one scene where John Deacon all of a sudden just, they just write, they just write uh, uh, another one bites the dust right there. It's that kind of stuff. I fucking hate that shit. It's in every one of these fucking movies uh it, it's it was even in that stupid fucking hey. straight out of compton movie where it's like snoop dog wakes up grabs a, a half drank 40 and walks into like dr dre you know just being a note or two off of uh one of his big signature songs and then he just goes this that this and that and then all of a sudden the fucking song is done this not how I don't even see how it makes it better. I don't see why they need to do that. It's it, it's it doesn't add anything but an insulting image of how musicians are. Hey hey hey, Baco Baco, just just one more Galileo, higher, more Galileos. Oh my God, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so so as a movie, carry on. Yes, as a movie, I found it uh, enjoyable though. I could make it through it. Sure. It, it um the, the well like I said I right. mean I wasn't bored at any point right but other than the last twenty minutes <laughs> it just did the whole concert with, with yeah what the with, fuck with, was that about we'll did, get to that yeah okay hey guys you were really good you need a lead singer not a singer with the, the size of teeth you got oh yeah well <laughs> listen to this <laughs> okay you're hired buddy I mean it's, it's just I don't know. shocked faces yeah. walk Ooh, away wow mic drop boom. Yeah, and that's how I started my career. Okay, this is my biggest pet peeve with the, with the Queen narrative. And then you, I'm going to hand it over to you. We're going to move towards the dirt. You ready? Okay, yeah. The whole thing of the record executive saying this will never be a hit because it's five and a half minutes long. How can you have a song? All pop songs are three minutes. By the way, that scene with Mike Myers, if I was Mike Myers, yes, we are definitely going to put out You're My Best Friend as the first single. That's a great little pop song. Yeah, I go with his argument on that. But the whole thing about a five and a half minute song, at this point, fucking, what, is Freebird out by this point? Has Stairway to Heaven ever been out? Is, is, yeah. you, know, you can go on the list of, of classic rock songs, Layla or whatever, that are that are five and a half to six minutes long. So don't lay down that bullshit of how innovative it was for a, a five plus minute song to be a hit, right? And they didn't even give Kiss credit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that later. Yeah. So that's coming up in the dirt that, analysis. Yeah, but that's my old thing is that, and also the fact that the movie, <laughs> the Queen, you know, they, they had this whole thing with Farm Aid. It goes on and on and on that scene, which is Live Aid. Live, live okay, aid. sorry, Live Aid. A lot of stuff. Anyway, so that, but, but, and speaking of AIDS, where he just all of a sudden that in a band meeting just goes, hey guys, I got AIDS. They're like, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. Let's, Let's gotta do the show. Yeah. That's not how it fucking went down. They weren't broken up when they did Live Aid. They had it not played for years. They had played, I think, a few weeks prior. My, just all this stuff, it's unnecessary story changing. That, like, and the band was heavily involved and signed off on this garbage. The part when they did the Live Aid and then, um, you know, they're like, oh, it's amazing he he recreated that whole scene or whatever. Why is that amazing? I, I don't know. My but- God, have you seen fucking mirrors? <laughs> it's, look, as I move, I move in the mirror. It's, no. it's not that incredible. But hold on, before I go into that again, I, I, before I forget, I also like the fact that whoever uh, they picked to be John Deacon, who was always the goofy guy, looked like Screech through <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> It's like they went to they went to like uh, the same guy that casted him. He was always yeah. just a goof at the end. At the end there, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so so they're in that scene, and my favorite thing is that when all the band is staring at Freddie when he's going, oh, oh, like this is amazing. He's 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 making sounds, 
and the audience is responding to it, much like every rock star has ever done. Oh, you must have missed it then. Here's what they were trying to do, oh. is pretend that he had lost the ability to sing. And it was they were all nervous, like... Will he be able to sing when we actually perform? And then he goes out and he hits a couple notes, and you see the relief on all the members' faces, which I believe is the only reason they recreated that entire sequence at the end is because otherwise there wouldn't actually be footage of them pretending to be shocked that he could still sing. Okay. And then one last thing, and this is the most disturbing part of the entire movie, though, <laughs> is, is that, that Freddie at some point, first off, oh, I know what it was. Okay, so they're they're having a movie that that you know he's discovering his sexuality. The way I took it is, is one day he's in a truck stop, he sees a guy going into the bathroom, <laughs> and figures, and he's on the phone with his oh, girlfriend. Fuck that dude. <laughs> it's like he's on the phone with his girlfriend. He's like, I'm "Sorry, I gotta go fuck some random trucker that's been on the road for 18 hours. This is my this is my spot." Like, he doesn't have a better selection. Exactly. I mean, I think he was aware that he was gay well before his girlfriend told him. Yeah. Which is how the movie portrays it. Like, Freddie, don't you know you're gay? Well. I mean, I've had sex with a whole bunch of dudes, and I'm way more into that than fucking you, but God, now that you mention it, I think I am gay. You decide to, to, to start start getting down with the, the guy cleaning up the place at the middle of the night? He's like, three years later, the day before Live Aid, or the day of Live Aid, he's just driving around with his limo driver trying to find this guy who's got a, like a, a name like Tom Smith or something, yeah, yeah. finds him, takes him to his parents' house and says, this is my boyfriend. It's like, how you seriously, does he get a say? I mean, does, does he know? I mean, he's just, you just fucking pick this guy up, man. This is a movie that won Best Picture at the Golden Globes. But I think it almost seems anti-gay the way they portray it. You know, like, hey, if you're not careful, you can be at a truck stop and all of a sudden you realize you're gay. That's all I got, Bucko. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the accolades this thing got because it did get Oscar and uh, it won the Best Picture for the Golden Globes. It was up for it in, in the Oscars. And didn't Remy win Best Actor? He won Best Actor, and I was like, really? Okay. Okay, so but before I get, get carried away on that, because I, I, I definitely have something to say about that, um, they're already talking a sequel. This is why you don't put garbage up for an Oscar. I'm sorry. The one, the moment you get nominated for an Oscar, the word sequel should be fucking thrown out the window. Sequels are cash grabs. Sequels are Temple of Doom. <laughs> That's for you and Wally Gator. Sequels are just... They're not... Movies that are serious contenders for great artistic movie masterpieces don't do sequels. I can only think of one sequel... Like Godfather 2. I'm trying to think of like a, a big academy. Oh, one. that's I, I was thinking about the other day too. I didn't think about that. Okay, but 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 going to <coughs> to that, that was the other part of how it ended. The, the, it ends in whatever year that was, 84, that says, by the way, Freddy's dead. 1991. Let's wrap this fucking up. This fucker up. Yeah, and that, that ending was was just unnecessary. So uh, honestly, God, why did they have to do the entire 20 minute set? Move to the next scene or roll credits or something. But, yeah, uh, I, I wish that just. I wish that was shorter just so I didn't have to hear Radio Gaga, Radio Google. She keeps them away, Shalom, in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. Building a remedy, the crucial and Kennedy. And at a time of invitation, you can't decline. Caviar, cigarettes, well bursted and you can Dynamite with a laser beam. Got to 
So with that said, still, I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody as much. Venom I, you as know, it as far as just sitting down and, and watching a movie with my wife, I thought it was enjoyable, too. Exactly. Uh, I, like I said, I never got bored. I just get insulted at right, the way they, right. they portray musicians. Right. So I'm going to I got to tell you something. Though. Go ahead. Uh, I saw the dirt and they only do that whole like, you know, that whole like, hey, by the way, guys. We're all playing Bohemian Rhapsody now. You know, one of those magical musical moments that never happened. Sure. Um, they only kind of did it, uh, like when they're rehearsing with Vince for the first time, and like Nikki just shoves a sheet like a pile of papers. Here's the lyrics, and then they start playing Live Wire. Right. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, any musical moment in this movie was incidental. Like it was just part of the background, which to me probably not intentional, but genius. It's like, like if if they're in a rehearsal studio working on something, it's because they have to yell at Vince Neil for missing practice. <laughs> it's not about what they're doing. You know what I mean? And that made the movie more enjoyable. It made all the the time inconsistencies, like like the recording uh, girls, 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 and Vince's daughter, who's at least four years old, walks in, and she's not born until nineteen ninety one. So, you know, it, it, the the car crash was not really. I don't know. Hold on. If if I had one takeaway from this movie that that I was disappointed in, it was that it was almost too tame. It's like I almost expected it to, to be a little nastier, but flat out the I'm this is no joke. Machine Gun Kelly. If you give fucking Remy Malik a goddamn Oscar because he fucking put prosthetic teeth in his mouth and and wore a horrible wig. Yes. You have to give Machine Gun Kelly an Oscar because that dude nails Tommy Lee. <laughs> you think you are... I'm not kidding. I am so impressed at how good he was at being Tommy Lee. And you know how you, you reminded me, and probably all, all our listeners, that rad is Tommy's favorite word? Yeah. There is a scene you're going to love. <laughs> Tommy wait. Lee's dad is talking to Tommy and says rad. And by the way, Tommy <laughs> says rad throughout the fucking movie. Yes. Oh, my God. But it starts with a scene um, of their little apartment, yep. and it has that one token thing that every 80s era movie has or TV show that none of us actually ever saw, which is that gigantic cell phone. Uh, somebody walking through like, yeah, look at me. I'm on a cell phone. Right. Guess where I'm at? You know, it's just like, uh But but here's the question: Who had the better wigs? What movie? Oh boy, uh, it's a toss-up. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you this: Why is it that Brian May had the only convincing wig in the movie? He was perfect. Is it because he's the only one whose hair has never changed? So it, they could they could spend money and like. We'll, we'll we'll dump the money into it because it's going to be the one wig the entire movie, where the other guys all their hairstyles all change. You know, like you, like you said, you had Screech and the whole uh, uh, <laughs> lesbian soccer player hair right. style oh, yeah. that that uh, um, Freddie wore at the end. Oh. And 
Okay. Uh, the guy <laughs> so, who played Vince Neil, by the way, the opposite. He's the least convincing Vince Neil I've ever seen. And my wife, uh, she commented at the end of the movie, like, they never showed a fat Vince, and she was upset with that. <laughs> when did, okay, so here's my question. When does it end? What year? It ends 20 years before their farewell tour. Generation Swine is when it ends? Yeah, oh. basically. Yeah, okay. The, yeah. Tommy's still in the band. Any, they don't get into do they any even, of that stuff. Do they so. even show anybody that's a Karabi or completely gloss over that? They do show Karabi, but uh, Karabi is the ugliest actor that, like, like. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy who plays Doc McGee looks more like Doc McGee than the guy that got to play Karabi. Uh, but he doesn't know speaking. He just kind of smiles and walks through. Yeah. yeah, there's this great scene, too, where, like, Vince is in, like, a, like a VFW kind of bar. Okay. And, of course... Like some white trash old man bar, the TV is playing the Motley Crue press conference where they introduce John Karabi, <laughs> and he's sitting there drowning his sorrows. And then when they reunite with him, you know how long was that? Like five years or something like that? Yeah, he's in that bar still wearing the same clothes, <laughs> and has the same TV. So Vince is in a VFW. It's a bar that opens at eight a.m. and from eight to noon is their busiest time. You know, it is is that kind of like old man kind of like you know it's 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 not a rock club. Um, yeah, Mick Mars uh, is portrayed as somebody who's like almost like that they continually call him old. Um, which just validates everything I've been saying. Uh, they routinely saw talk about. He comes off as like this sage guy with like short bursts of of wisdom. When I think in real life, I I, I just think he's, he's very out of clever his, in interviews when you hear him when he talks. Yeah, I just think he's a guy who's out of his element and he just sure. went with shit. And he had he he wasn't a. You could call him an introvert, but that'd, that'd be kind of mean to introverts. I just don't think he's a guy who has a lot of depth when it comes to that kind of stuff. And as much as I love his guitar playing, and I, and, and I do think as far as that, that whole hair metal sound, he gets overlooked for just creating a guitar tone that's just monster.
it is rated R, right? It's not like a sanitized, completely sanitized. Yeah, there's like, a lot of titties in it, yeah. but uh, honestly, it seemed, most of it seemed like gratuitous, you know, um, which I would kind of expect in a movie like this. And so it didn't really offend my sensibilities as much as like some of the, the facts did. Um, but the, the fact that they didn't really focus on the music, I think, helped a lot. They also did this thing where, like, all of a sudden Mick Mars, or all, there was instances with all of them when we were doing this, but he would, like, in the middle of a story, all of a sudden it would just pause, and Mick would look at the camera and go, this never happened. Oh, they do the, the, the whatever. Yeah, the- so that, that's their way of trying to kind of keep with the narrative of the book, which I still think you had a better idea. Make this a miniseries. Uh, make it like four episodes with each member. Um, uh, that would have been the way to do this. I don't know. Uh, the, the, shot, the shot at the devil outfits are embarrassingly bad. Um, I'm like, how do you not get these right? These these easy things like the, the what they wore and their, their hair. It's right there on the album cover. Um, also, n- no mention of Bob Rock in the movie at all. I thought that was kind of odd. As I don't know, I thought Doctor Feelgood was a pretty. Actually, they really don't get into Doctor Feelgood too much, other than to brag about it being their first number one record. Like I said, I knew my sensibilities were going to be attacked watching this, just because I've I, I, I've followed this band almost since inception, and uh, they've been a big part of uh, you know you know my musical background. And and I take that shit personally. And and as a musician, I've never liked the way you know uh, they glamorize and dumb down the the work it takes to 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 write a song or or to be a musician. They make it sound like oh, I'm Freddie Mercury, I'm magic. No, it's not <laughs> fucking like that. You know, it, it really isn't. And I don't see how that's entertaining for people when. It, it, it it's kind of insulting, you know what I mean, and and so this movie, thankfully, I think that's why I, I was able to enjoy it more than I thought I would, is because there's almost no like the music, like I said, is always background noise. It's like it's like they're on tour, so they're playing live, but it's all about like the excess of touring, and uh, and I thought I thought they did, they were clever in the way they tried to portray the movie, similar to the way the book was written, and and I wasn't expecting that. Cool. So for this, for a movie that was in development hell, and that's what it's called, for 19 years, mm-hmm. um, it turned out better than expected, even though it still sucks. Is that basically right? Yeah, it's not a great movie. It shouldn't get any fucking awards. You will enjoy it if you're a fan of Motley Crue, but if you like it, and, and if you actually think it's a good movie, ah, God, I got to tell you, look, look. You, you understand that I'm a huge fan of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, and that movie is complete garbage. Yes. So, if you can't separate those two and say, like, I really liked it and it was stupid, that's my synopsis. All right. So you have to rank these three biopics. You ready? Okay. Yeah, give them We've to me. We've got The Dirt, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Detroit Rock City. <laughs> Detroit Rock City, The Dirt, Bohemian. Well, as always, Lewis, I, I enjoy spending my Saturday afternoons in my basement talking to you and uh, providing entertainment for the listeners. So for those of us who are finding this show for the first time, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cobras and Fire. Uh, and if you, feel, if you feel like leaving us a comment, that'd be great. You could also do us a solid and give us a positive iTunes review. We always like those because it helps the, the show. If you, That's a way to help us for free. You know what I mean? And we're also on, on Twitter at Cobra's Fire. And if you haven't checked out Pod Chaser, that's a great place to leave us a lot of feedback. As sometimes we, uh, we we get it and we read it on the show. So anyway, we thank everybody for all the contributions. And we've had a lot of back and forth on the Cobras on Fire group, which you can also find on Facebook. And just keep it up. We have a lot of fun, and they definitely make me laugh a lot of lot this morning too. So. All right, Baco, you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's roll, man. Work's not dead. It's in development hell.
And here, this is the thing that's so cheesy about biopics, when people are watching this, and, and if, they're, if they're all like, wow, is that how it happened? Where, hey, here's this part. Fuck, I'm trying to think how to do it. This, this gnome beer is hurting my brain already. Hey, yeah, you got exactly. some big fucking teeth. You walk up the back teeth. of a van. <sighs> those teeth Not are with too- those teeth. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Hey. No, no, no. Hey, you guys you, need You to- go. Okay, will you fucking let me talk? I'm trying. Um... <laughs> There's your Easter egg. (laughs) It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.